episode 8, Rickshaws and 400-pound seashells. I'm Merle Riedel, and you're listening to an August 2nd, 2006 podcast from the Kansas State Historical Society. Each quarter, curators select six artifacts for the Cool Things section of our website, kshs.org. This podcast takes a closer look at these artifacts and finds out the story behind the story. In the following interview, Nikayla Zimmerman, assistant registrar at the Kansas Museum of History, talks about a gentleman farmer from Baxter Springs, Kansas, who traveled the world three times, collecting the bazaar. Good afternoon, Michaela Zimmerman, um, Assistant Registrar at the Kansas Museum of History. Um, I'm going to ask you some questions about the object that you wrote your Cool Things article about, which is the Perkins satchel. Um, my first question is, who was Lindley Perkins, and why did he carry a purse? Well, I think he would appreciate it if we didn't refer to it as his purse. Maybe if we called it his um, carry-all or something. I don't know. Um, Lindley Perkins was um, he was born in New York in 1829, and he farmed in New Jersey until moving to Kansas in 1882, where he settled in Baxter Springs. Okay. Um, why are there so many stickers on Mr. Perkins' bag? Um, there are so many stickers on his bag because he made several trips throughout the world. Um, his life seems kind of ordinary on the surface. East Coast came to Kansas, you know, that was kind of typical in the late 19th century. But um, he actually was quite a traveler and he made three trips around the world in 1852, 1897, and 1900. And then he also made um, several trips just to various locations. And on those trips, he uh, collected stickers that were given out by um, the steamship companies and the hotels to keep passengers matched to their bags. Okay, so um, so the more stickers you had on the bag, the more well-traveled you were, right? That's right. And he obviously went to a lot of places, so his bag is pretty covered with stickers. And um, not only were they a way for the companies and hotels to keep track of the travelers, they were also a status symbol. So the more stickers you had, the more cultured you were, the more educated you were. Perkins wasn't just collecting stickers, was he? No, not at all. He was uh, he was picking things up on his travel and uh, sending them home. Is that right? Uh, yeah, he was doing that. Okay. And his goal was kind of to build a museum, right, in Baxter Springs where he could kind of show his stuff off. Right. He did have a display of his collections. Okay. So if I walked into that museum today, what are some of the items I would see that Mr. Perkins acquired? Well, some of the things you would see are typical things that people collect on their travels even today. Things like coins from the countries he visited, jewelry and clothing, um, tickets from the trip, um, sand from the Atlantic Ocean, wooden shoes from Sweden, pretty typical things. Sure. Other things would be pretty atypical, like a rickshaw from Japan or 400-pound clamshells from New Guinea, um, a hairball from the stomach of a cow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Kind of typical for a Kansas museum. Okay. And um, he also had a lot of taxidermied items like a red squirrel, a beaver, nine ducks. Why he needed nine, I don't know. Um, a mother bat with her young and a tortoise. Um, he also had building fragments that he um, got from places throughout his travels, like um, part of the Colosseum, a piece from a house of Pompeii. Um, yeah, how... 
How was he getting building fragments? Yeah, he carried a hammer with him. And oh. when he saw a building that he knew was historic and he wanted a little bit of it, he just chipped it right off. Ah, that, yeah. Nice. It caused him some problems at Pompeii because um, he couldn't quite understand why the guard got so angry that people were trying to take pieces. Huh. Yeah, interesting. I don't understand. <laughs> Um, okay, so Perkins, he travels the world three times. He's uh, shipping home various stuff. He's shipping home, you know, seashells, rickshaws. Uh, do you really buy the idea that he did all this on a farmer's income? If he did it on a farmer's income, I'd like to know what he was growing, because don't we all want to travel the world? It would be great to know. Um, I think, actually, it was probably a family inheritance. His father owned the farm before he did, and he farmed on a large scale, so some of the money may have come from that. But also his family appears to have been pretty wealthy in um, Scotland and England before they came to the United States. So most likely it was just money that was handed down through the family. All right, Nikayla, we're going to wrap it up with a little role-playing game. Uh, I'm going to play the part of Lindley Perkins, and I want you to play the part of my manservant or porter. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Uh, hello, my good man. The ship appears to be leaving. Quickly, throw my rickshaw and 400-pound clamshells into the cargo hold. And while you're at it, grab a sticker from my bag. Yes, sir, but um, I think you should know. I'm not going to pull you through the streets of Baxter Springs in a rickshaw, mm. and I will not be part of another recreation of the birth of Venus. It's just too humiliating. I think you should stick to things that fit in your purse. All right. Well, uh, Nikayla, it's a good thing you're an assistant registrar and not a, uh, a porter. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for uh, telling us about uh, Mr. Perkins' satchel and Mr. Perkins' lifestyle. No problem. That concludes Episode 8, Rickshaws and 400-Pound Seashells. Join us in two weeks when curator Laura Van Orsdale explains why it takes months to weave a Native American blanket. This podcast is a production of the Kansas State Historical Society. Don't